good afternoon, Fabcasters. Actually, it's good evening, Fabcasters. On this Easter Sunday, my voice is shot because I sang my guts out today in church. Uh, taught the children Sunday school today. Just the most memorable, memorable Easter service ever. And I think it's because as we begin to, as we're bouncing around from church to church every so often, every few years because of my job, I'm just getting wiser and wiser how to do community and how to be vulnerable and how to be transparent and how to find community. And 10 months into this church, I'm already surrounded by an amazing group of warriors, guys like Andy and Nick and Chad and I have even budding bromances with Matt, Greg, Dan, David, um, and the momentum has has begun, and this snowball is about to bust the walls down on on this community, and I'm more than thrilled to see what God's going to do here. So back to today, my day started off at 5.30 in the morning with my tablet going off and chirping, and I'm just so <laughs> impressed with my dog's abilities to just sit there and be patient while they're... Their owner moseys on over and shuts the thing off. And then I walk over to the kitchen and, and I have my two sticky notes on the wall, on the, on the window there. One says, who's in control? And the other sticky note says, to whom will I listen to today? And so those two questions start my day. And I, I got that from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. But like those animals rush towards me and, and I got to put them back in their place. And I do that by saying, Lord, you are in control. And I say, Lord, today I choose to listen to you and nobody else. I choose to listen to your voice. So my devotional this morning was in Luke 14 and the cost of discipleship and how Jesus wants all of us. And I also did some reflecting on uh, in my book, Devotional Classics. So after my breakfast was done, I had my oatmeal, my cranberries, sprinkle a little cinnamon on there. I, I was already fed out before the first person was up. So the first attack that came to me, came on me today, 15 minutes before 8.30, which was the scheduled departure of the Barang bus mobile. And that was when the first threat was issued out of my mouth. And it's, hey, get your shoes on. Get your shoes on. Get your shoes on. And, and you know how it is. The parents who are laughing right now, they, they can resonate. and They know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm also, I'm, I notice I'm highly critical of parents who count like one, two, three. I got to three and then they, they don't do anything. But I realize that my, uh, my techniques are just as ineffective because we all know that authority doesn't increase with volume. So the fact that I get loud, it's just, it's madness. But these two beasts, beasts rush at me. They are called power and control. And then shortly afterwards, after I swatted those animals of idolatry away, then comfort started pulling at my laces. And uh, these things usually bring me down, but I rebuke them and I put these idols back in their place. And particularly, I, I just cast them at the foot of the cross. And I say, Lord, I choose to love my kids. I choose to allow you to love my kids through me right now. So we're in the car, right? It's 830 and I can't find my ID. I go back in the house. I'm trying to search for it. I'm just, I'm trying to do it in a quiet place in my heart. And I get back in the car and my wife says, oops, it's right here. You should have said something. And because I have pride, I don't like to be told I should or woulda, coulda. But there's more than that going on, right? 
I mean, it's Easter Sunday. Of course, I'm going to be attacked. And if I eliminate all the people in the scenario, I'm only left with my bitterness, with my control, with my pride, with my, all those things need to be put back in their place. So we're driving and my attitude always, always changes when I, when I get in contact, when I make first contact with the body of Christ, because I see my friends and I'm at this point now where I don't hide behind a, hey, brother, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, when someone asks me today how I'm doing, and they're gen- they people who are genuinely asking, not just trying to get their pseudo on, and I respond honestly, I don't hide it. I say, you know, I'm doing all right. And, and people with the discernment usually pick up on that and they say, oh, tell me about it. Or they say, okay. And, or they go on and I'm not bitter at that, at that, but you know, I ran into my friend David and I ran from my, my friend Matt and they just saw it on my face, man. And they just gave me a hug. I just love that, man. I love guys that can read me like a book. Come here, bro. So give me a hug. And, um, I just love being in that tight circle of dudes. So, um, Anyways, months and months ago, we, my wife and I agreed to be Sunday school teachers on Easter Sunday to help free people up so they can be part of the service. And it was going to be a combined service. So we're combining two local churches. So we're potentially doubling our, our um, attendance. It was amazing. It was amazing. We, we had over 50 kids. And so we met in this big hall and the kids were up in the foyer. Uh, the, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but we're up on the balcony, right? And, um, you know, I, I didn't like what it was pitched at, at first. And that was like, oh, we want to keep the kids away from the adults. So they won't distract them. But okay, whatever. But we're on the balcony and I turned to the kids and I said, hey guys, when, when the lyrics, when we talk about Jesus resurrecting from the dead, I want you to go crazy, like make noise. And their, their little eyes just lit up. It was so amazing. Their eyes just lit up and they're like, really? I said, yeah. And so I'm going crazy and worshiping music and I'm celebrating. And every time I clap my hands over my head, the, the, the little girls and boys behind me just lit up the room. And when the song Forever by Kari Job came on, they sang with perfect timing and pitch and they filled that auditorium. It was a huge auditorium. Because you can fit thousand, over a thousand people in there. And they filled that place. And the worship leader told me he could hear it. The choir told me they can hear it. Adults in the congregation told me they can hear us all the way in the balcony. Uh, just an amazing time. I mean, those kids really sung their hearts out. And my heart has been forgiving kids' attention lately, like Jesus would, like staring into their eyes. And so we're going through this uh, little gospel primer, not gospel primer, um, this little gospel booklet for our curriculum. And I have to admit here, I changed the curriculum just slightly. Because one of the posters, when I got back to the class, it said, well, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, right? And which is true, but I wanted to tweak it a little bit. So I kept asking the kids, why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did Jesus die on the cross? And, and, and there's several kids who have a lot of Bible trivia knowledge in there. And every time a kid would answer the question, for, for to die for our sins, to pay for the sins of the world because he loves us. I said, that's true. That's true and that's true. And I kept asking until a little boy rose his hand and he said, because God told him to. And I said, that's it. That's it right there. Bam. That's the best answer I've ever heard in a Sunday school class. And he's kind of shy. I said, buddy, stand up and say that again. And he said, well, he, he died on the cross because God told him to. And I said, yes. 
And then in my second class, because we switched, a little girl named Isabella, she said, to please the father. And I just about fell over. Yes, that's right. So I wrote it on, a, on the whiteboard, right? Jesus died on the cross to please the father. And I proved it by taking them to Matthew at the end of Matthew 26, where Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And, he, and he's basically saying, is there a plan B? Is there another way to do this, father? And then his attitude shifts. And then he says, not my will, but your will be done. I will submit to you, Father. Because God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are a perfect community, fully submissive to one another. They listen to each other. There's no jealousy there. It's a perfect community. And Jesus says, Father, I submit to you. And then your, your, your master plan for all of this. I'm going to the cross to please you. So I, I immediately turned it to practical application and how, how could we please the Father in our homes? How could we please the Father when, we're obey, when we don't want to obey our parents? How about if we made our bed? What if we made our bed to please the Father instead of please our parents? And they got it because I kept drilling it. And I even told them how I make coffee every morning to please the Father, not to please my wife. And I love it. I, I just hope that that sets, and I hope that's etched in their souls forever, that Christ's attitude and his mission in life was to please the Father, to do nothing more than that, to preach the kingdom, to, to heal people, do all those things, but it's all lined up under this overall aim to please the Father. So I, it was an amazing time. I think, I think they got it. And then... Uh, had a chance to connect with a few people down on the floor. I mean, it was packed. I just loved it. And the journey of life continued after church, right? I mean, we're driving off and we're now going to a friend's Easter party. And so looking back at the whole day, there were two times where I needed to apologize to my son. He was on my heart a lot today. One, I made him cry. You know, we were taking a family picture and I squeezed him when he moved and that wasn't right. And I felt bad about that. And another time... Uh, what was it? He knocked his sister off with a balance beam in our living room. And then I shamed him. I shamed him. I just didn't want him in my presence. And then I said, go to bed. And, and it was like bright out. <laughs> but I apologized. I said, buddy, let's go outside. Let's go play. Let's go play on the trampoline. And uh, he forgave me. And then right after he forgives me, he becomes playful again. So I'm completely humbled at his resiliency, his... His ability to bounce back after his, after his quote-unquote hero hurts him. He's got the grace of God. He's like a conduit of God's grace and forgiveness towards me. It passes right from God through my son to me, and I'm just so thankful. Because of the resurrection of my Lord Jesus Christ, I'm able to forgive, love, and even like myself at this very moment. So I'm very good at hating myself. But because of the resurrection, I'm able to love myself. I'm able to forgive myself. I'm able to extend grace and mercy from God to myself through myself. Does that make sense? So I choose to expose every area of the attack of the enemy. And I choose to put to death my flesh. I choose to resist the devil. And I choose to reject worldly thinking. I choose Today I choose freedom because Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead. He's the most famous person in the world. So I found that post the dark night of my soul that night when I just became free of secrets and, and all my spiritual disciplines of the past, I just waned off and lost their effect and I was ready for something else, something more, something deeper. 
Um, I'm able to see everything going on. Even in the midst of my choosing sin, I can see it real time as it's happening. And I'm reading a book by Larry Crabb called Becoming uh, a True Spiritual Community. And so here I'm coming back to this thing about confusion, which I am often. Uh, Crabb says this, Larry Crabb says, the upside of confusion is openness. Confused people listen better, not always, but more than often, more than people whose minds are made up. He says, confused people are more likely to combine kindness and whatever convictions emerge out of their confusion. And because of their eagerness for meaningful dialogue with honest people, the convictions they develop tend to speak in the realities of life as it's really lived. And so he goes on to say both confusion and disappointment are, I think, doing their work. He says, I feel more than ever moving uh, to moving wherever the spirit directs. And I'm honestly and strong, strongly hopeful that he will lead God's people, including me, into a deeper experience of spiritual community. So if you know Dr. Crabbe, he's all about community. He's vigorously and ferociously committed to spiritual community. And I got to make a confession. I did most of my battle solo today. And that, that my buddy David has, has implanted in my, in my mind that, uh, you know, lone rangers are dead rangers. So I ended the day in my kitchen by texting my, my buddy Matt and just confessing that I did all my battling alone today. And then I accepted his love and then God's forgiveness. My, my confession, man. I've been cold and distant from my wife today. And, and Lord, I just thank you for your forgiveness. So my wife went to bed early with a, with a headache around nine. And, and then I looked up to heaven and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know what he told me? He said, clean the kitchen for me. Clean the kitchen to please the Father. So what I do, man, I put away all the dishes. I wiped down the sink. I did the laundry. I did everything that comes with making a kitchen presentable. <laughs> and then uh, I text my buddy, Matt, the kitchen is clean. And I said, I'm going to read my text message here. I said, the kitchen is clean. And since I did it to please the Father... I'm free from affirmation or approval. Woot, woot. That's how I talk to my manly friends there. You guys, you fabcasters, I just can't get enough of community. And to be surrounded with men who embrace transparency and vulnerability in honest, joined-at-the-hip struggling, I love it. And every single guy in my inner circle is completely free from secrets from their wives. All of them. And they have the courage also to tell me, to get in my face and tell me graciously the truth. Dude, go love your wife. Or they say something like, like this is what Dan says, it's time to allow God to love your wife through you. So I'll end with this. Thank you, Lord, for going to the cross to please the Father. And over 2,000 years ago on this, on this Lord's day, you were resurrected, thus proving everything you said was true. And you've set an example for me to live by. And thank you, Father, for raising Jesus from the dead and fulfilling the prophecies of the Old Testament. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to live in my own strength and that I can do nothing apart from you and that I have access to that same very power that resurrected Christ from the dead. So, so nothing is too impossible. I can choose to love today, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. 
Fabcasters, I love you guys. That's why I share the gospel. That's where I share my life. And uh, I'm not going to regret it when the Lord takes me home. So I pray that you do the same. Peace out.